Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. You guys are awesome. Praise God. You know, it says in uh, 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word and be ready in season, out of season. And if there's one verse in scripture I hate it, it's that one. I'm a ponderer. I'm a preparer. I'm one that wants to think about things, prepare and study and get into things. And, um, but God just likes to just mess things up. And so, um, but in all seriousness, when, we got, when I got the text and I woke up this morning and I saw that text from, P, from PG, um, the night of the graduation of RCCA, the Lord spoke this word to me. And I said it in a group text. It was to P, PG, PK, PL, and also I think Steve Hoffman was in that text. That, um, that I have this word. And it's out of Micah, chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Um, I'm so glad Micah's here this morning, too. Love you, brother. The title of this message is, Come, Let Us Go Up to the Mountain of the Lord. Micah chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and people will flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion... The law shall go forth and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. That was the word that came to me. I wasn't reading. I was just excited about how things went with RCCA. It was a fulfillment of something that I had seen uh, decades ago in a vision. And uh, to be a part of that was absolutely exciting. And to celebrate with the 14 Alpha participants in the very first group, we were just so excited. And then in the midst of that, God interrupted my thoughts and gave me, and that's why you need to study the word. You need to memorize the word, okay? If your Rolodex only has one scripture, all right, you're not going to be flipping too long. But if, you, if your Rolodex is full, he's going to have 66 books in which to speak to you from. And so I want, to, I want you to understand and I want you to identify what is your mountain. One of the very first services... Uh, well, the first month when I got here in, in 2017, um, PG put up a video from Lance Wallnow about the seven mountain mandate. And it's a real di, di um, what's that, how do you say that, a uh, uh, shift. Somebody help me. Paradigm shift. Thank you. Thank you, Yvette. A real paradigm shift because I grew up, uh, I was born and raised in the church and I grew up thinking that ministry was the church only not understanding that the church was the vehicle, the vehicle to promote and build the kingdom of God. And so it was a very narrow-minded uh, understanding. And so if, it, so if anyone got a prophetic word on your call to the ministry, right away it had to be that you were going to be a preacher or a teacher or if you had some type of a talent, maybe sing or play an instrument, something to do with traditional inside the four walls of the church. And... Um, but then you read the Bible and you find out that just wasn't the case. And so it's all about the major message that Jesus Christ said was the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. 
The church is the vehicle that he uses to promote the kingdom, but it's all about building the kingdom of God. And so what happens is when we only speak about church, then we are producing a group of spectators. And that's what most people were in church, spectators. You come to church and you're entertained by the worship, you're entertained by the musicians, and Tito, phenomenal job this morning. My God. I don't just say that. Phenomenal job. And so, uh, but that's the difference between a singer and uh, a minstrel. A, mu a, a singer and a psalmist, a musician and a minstrel. Okay, they, they, they don't just have talent, and we need talent. Let's not downplay talent. Oh, it's not about talent. Yes, it is, because if you suck, nobody wants to hear you. But we need talent and anointing. I've been in churches where they were anointed, but there was no talent. But if we have talent and anointing, then our minds, our souls are open to hear what the Spirit wants to impregnate us with. Does that make sense? So we produce, uh, by simply preaching about the church, we produce, and it's the church's fault, we produce a, a, a group of spectators. But it has never been the case. When he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And that's so we can have a race of super ministries of the fivefold ministry. But their calling was to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. To edify you, which you guys come, you get edified, but also to equip you so that you can do the work of the ministry. So I want you to be able to recognize what is your mountain because you, let me tell you something, getting saved and going to heaven, okay, that, that's such a narrow-minded message. Going to heaven is a fringe benefit to salvation. He didn't get saved so you can go to heaven. You, I'm sorry, you didn't get saved so you can go to heaven. He saved you so he can have a relationship with him now to restore what Adam had in the cool of the garden when he walked with the voice of the Lord. Now, not in the by and by. And so we have this futuristic mindset. Oh, yeah, in the by and by, things will get better when I go to heaven. When, when my mother used to always be like that. So, oh, when the Lord, if the Lord could just take me today, you can hang out with him now. You don't have to wait till you die. So I want you to understand that you are saved with a purpose. Each and every one of you have a calling. And, and when I say that, I want you to understand, it doesn't mean that you're going to be doing what I'm doing. It may there's plenty of room for it, right? Seven continents, over 200 nations. There's plenty of room for it. But it may mean that you're called to a different mountain. Amen. And it's the church's job to prepare you for that. So I want to talk about, uh, one of the things I want to talk about is identifying your mountain. So there's seven mountain mandate. It's the mountain of religion. It's the mountain of the family. It's the mountain of education. It's the mountain of government. It's the mountain of media. I, I see you back there. It's the mountain of arts and entertainment, and it's the mountain of business. Each and every one of you fit and have a calling to be one of those, at least one of those mountains. You weren't just saved so you could be a spectator, so you could enjoy good messages and good teaching. You have a calling. You make a difference. Christ in you is the only hope anyone's ever going to have to be saved. They may never walk in these four walls. But if we can edify and equip you, you can do the work of the ministry. So I want to just give you a little breakdown of some of these mountains. The mountain of religion is the first one because um, uh, Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, 
He says, and I say unto you, Peter, that you, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are on an offense. Now, some of you may have a hard time believing that because you're too, too busy watching horror movies. And in these horror movies, you have the, the, you know, the priest, and he's urinating on himself because he's all scared and holding his huge crucifix, and, and he only knows one passage, right? Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And so we see that, and we, and we think the enemy has more power than we do. But Jesus said that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He says in John that for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Amen? So I want you to understand that because this is a mindset. People come into the church of this fear mentality of the demonic, oh, and the, and the Satan. Your biggest enemy is not the devil. It's the person in the mirror that's keeping you from fulfilling the call that God has in your life. Okay? If Freddy Krueger bumped into me, I promise you, I promise you, he would have nightmares. <laughs> Annabelle would be walking backwards. Jason would drop his axe and run if he bumped into me. I'm serious. If, 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 I, if I laid that, where is uh, Marianne? Where you at? Yeah, if, if she were doing acupuncture on me, there'd be a voodoo doll screaming somewhere. We have power. We have authority. But you watch too many horror movies, and your mind is programmed to believe that nonsense. It's just the reverse. The demons are, you know, you know, Jesus I know, and Paul I know. All we do is focus upon the seven sons of Sceva. Those guys didn't know the Lord. But you know the Lord. The mountain of religion. The purpose of the ministry is to edify and equip you so you can do the work of the ministry. The mountain of the family. Let me tell you something. Before God ever formed the church, he created the family. Genesis chapter 2, he gave Eve to Adam. In Genesis chapter 4, he gave Adam and Eve children. And because God is a God of priority, he said the first thing is going to be is you and I are going to walk together. Because the most important thing in your, in your life is your personal relationship with the Lord. Amen. Secondarily, if you're married, is your wife, your spouse, your husband. Third is your children. And that's the biggest things that are being attacked right now. Oh, we have to redefine. No, we don't redefine anything. Abortion at an all-time high. You know, you think that because Roe versus Wade, I thank God it was reversed, but all it did was remove it from the federal level. It's still legal in certain states. So that is an onslaught attack of the family. Because Satan, his very first prophetic word he heard was that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. So he's been trying to destroy that seed ever since then. Maybe you're called to the mountain of the family. Maybe you're called to be a great husband, a great wife, a great mother, a great father. That is a calling. That is virtuous. That is powerful. A church is only strong as its families are strong. That's why I was so excited when Yvette and I joined this church. And we were able to come alongside and PK having such a, an anointing and a calling to build men up. And PL and Aletha to build married couples up. And all the different fellowships that we have grounded, rooted, uh, R2G. I mean, just focusing on the family. Not just a radio show, but really focusing on the family.
because a strong family makes a strong church. The next mountain is education. Hosea said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I mean, some of the most ridiculous reasons why people are offended, leave church, have issues, is because of lack of knowledge. Our educational system is at an all-time low. At the city that I was born and raised in, they, are, they have allowed satanic literature in elementary schools as part of the curriculum. Where are the families standing up in the PTA meetings? No, they're working two or three jobs, so they don't have time. Family's not a priority. Making money's a priority. And I understand we need to make money, but not at the expense of losing a generation. So we need to support our teachers. I understand because we, we pulled our kids out of middle school and we homeschooled them for a season. But we need people anointed to be in the school systems that will make a difference. Anointed teachers and principals. People that can work in the school systems. And parents, get involved in your PTA meetings. Be a voice. Don't just stand there. Be a standard. Speak against the, the vials of the enemy. There are people that are just too timid, too afraid to speak. Okay? But the righteous are as bold as a lion. And maybe if you speak up, you'll find 10, 20 other parents that will also stand behind you and speak up as well. The mountain of government, which includes military, the mountain of government. It says in Isaiah 9-6, no matter how bad you think our government is, and we, we're in a poor state, I understand that. It, it's still a lot better than a lot of other countries around the world. Okay, I mean, uh, when I would go to the Dominican Republic in the summer for vacation, um, there would be power outages. Not because it was an inadequate system, but because the person who was in charge of the power company was aligned with a certain politician. And so they would just, he just made a phone call and they would just shut the power off. Now, my family had generators, so we didn't go without. But for most people that are living in poverty, which most people are there, it's like a third world nation, they'd be without power just because they weren't aligned with a certain so we got it good here, no matter how bad things are. But here's the thing. Isaiah 9, 6 says the government will be upon his shoulders. The government will be upon his shoulders. You need to get out and vote. You need to be educated, okay, when it comes to the governments in our local, not just, not just the federal level, but the local level. The local level as well. City, county, state, and federal level. We need to be involved. That just it may mean just supporting, but we need to be involved. Maybe we have our maybe we need to be preaching to our kids. Hey, maybe there's a call in your life to be involved in government. Maybe calling isn't just preaching and teaching. We need politicians, godly politicians. Light shines brighter in darkness, and that is a very dark mountain. We need we need light in the judicial systems, in the executive branch. You guys doing all right? Yeah. Isaiah 9, 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That's a promise. That's a promise. No matter how dark things are, if we can edify and equip people to go into and conquer that mountain of politics, there will be no end if we promote his kingdom. The mountain of media, the mountain of media. Let me tell you something. If you watch CNN, it's just a pure Democratic vehicle. If you watch Fox, it's a pure Republican vehicle. 
So where do we have truth at? This is where truth is. Acts 4.20. This is a statement that was made by the apostles. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Not what we're told to speak. Not the agenda that we're told to promote. I love what uh, Sammy Rodriguez said. I'm not here uh, to promote the agenda of the donkey or the elephant, but the agenda of the lamb. And we need a media that's going to report things that they actually have seen and they have actually heard. Nothing more, nothing less. No editorials, no opinions. That's what we need, a holy media that will declare the truth. Amen? It's, it's a very dark area, very dark area, in cahoots with the, with the mountain of government. But we need to speak and prophesy to this next generation, that people will get involved in media. Godly people. Damn, it's quiet in here, huh? How about arts and entertainment? One of the biggest cesspools there is. I know because every year, for many years, every year I would go to um, Burbank, California to minister, minister in the Hollywood area, and it really is. But there is a remnant. There are a group of, of actors and actresses that are standing for righteousness, people that are saying no to this and no to that, and they may be blacklisted, but let me tell you something. This past year when, what was the name of the movie with the um, trafficking? Sound of Freedom. When Sound of Freedom came out, and it outsold Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I saw that movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the other night, and that was a good movie. I mean, it was very well done. It's a Steven Spielberg movie, so you know it was done really well. But Sound of Freedom, the church spoke. The church went and bought tickets and spoke. And you can have a voice by purchasing tickets and going and supporting shows like The Chosen and these other movies that are coming out that are promoting godly, virtuous values. There are actors that are risking their career standing for truth. And when they do, we need to support them. Because arts and entertainment, let me tell you something, there's a whole section of the Bible, if you don't know, called the poetic section. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. This is the creative books. These are the, what's called the poetic books. You know that our movies come from shows, and our shows come from radio programs, and all that derives from theater. And theater was really promoted huge with Shakespeare. And Shakespeare said that he got his inspiration for his style of creating plays from the book of Job. We need to prophesy to this next generation. That we need, if you call to the ministry, maybe you call to be an actor and an actress. Maybe you're called to take your gifts into the music industry. Right? We would go every year to Nashville, which is the music capital of the nation. You guys doing all right? Because I'm talking about you here. You, you fit in one of these seven mountains. You're called to the ministry. Okay? The seventh mountain is the mountain of business. Now, and I, I want you to hear this. Because growing up in church, I thought every Bible character that they ever preached about was a pastor of a church. But check this out. Adam was into horticulture. He was a farmer. Abraham was a herdsman. Esau was a hunter. Sorry, Rady. <laughs> Noah was into viticulture. 
he had a vineyard. Ezra was a stenographer and an author. Boaz was a farmer. Nehemiah was in the culinary industry and he was a general contractor. Hosea had a prostitution ministry. It's in the book, sorry. Matthew, <clears throat> Matthew worked for the IRS. Luke was a physician. Peter and John were external wholesalers at Bass Pro Shop. They were fishermen. The Apostle Paul was an internal wholesaler at Bass Pro Shop. He produced tents. And if Jesus actually inherited his stepdad's business, then he was a carpenter. They call him the son of a carpenter, right? So all of these characters here, not one of them was a pastor of a church. They were businessmen and businesswomen. God has called you into the ministry. You weren't saved just to go to heaven, but you were saved because you have a purpose and a calling on your life to make a difference, to destroy the works of the devil. <clears throat> Once you identify your mountain, you have to understand and what it takes to conquer a mountain. I know a little bit about this. Years ago, the Lord spoke to me to go to the highest point of elevation of all 50 states. Not done yet, but uh, there's some things you need to do to prepare before you scale a mountain. Number one, you have to get fit, okay, which is the hardest part, <clears throat> especially when you're 55. I did a trip with Aaron and a friend of ours, Angel Noah, this year uh, to Utah, and I, mean, I was out of commission for months. But it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. You've got to walk this faith. You've got to exercise your faith. Romans 10, 17 says, now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's going to take some work. It's going to take you exercising. Okay? It's going to take preparation. You've got not only get fit in the spirit, you also have to eat right. It says in babies get milk, boys get manna, and men get meat. And wherever you're at in your spiritual walk, you need nourishment. It says in 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow in respect to salvation God wants us to grow boys get mad in Revelation 2.17 says he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches to him who overcomes I will give him some of the hidden manna to eat okay and, and what is, how does that look like it tells you in Romans 8.14 for as many as are led of the spirit they are the sons of God so that's how you differentiate a baby from a boy or a baby and a girl. A baby, you got to feed them. And there's a lot of you that we have to feed, and that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. But when you know how to feed yourself, that's when you're ready for manna. Because you're led of the Spirit. Okay? And then when you're mature, it says a strong meat, Hebrews 5.14, belongs to those who are full age. That is those who by reason have, of use of their senses have exercise to discern before, before good, both good and evil. Senses, plural. That's when you not just hear the voice of God. How many senses do we have? 
Five senses. If we have five senses in the natural, then we have five senses in the spirit. We've got to hear the voice of God, but we also have to learn how to see in the spirit. And some of you, a lot of you have had dreams and you've had visions. You just don't understand what you're having dreams about. You've got to learn how to harness that and learn how to move by the things that you see. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. The Bible talks about the aroma, the incense in the book of Revelation as well as in Leviticus. So we can smell things in the spirit. If we don't talk about this, it's not going to happen. Right? And Paul talked about in Acts how we need to grope and feel after God. If we move in five senses in the natural, we need to learn how to move in five senses in the spirit realm. <clears throat> so we need to get fit to prepare for this mountain. We need to eat right. And third, we need the right gear. We need to dress right. So I had to get the right boots. I had to get um, Gore-Tex jacket and pants. Those are very light jackets and pants, but they're waterproof when it rains. Um, I had to get trekking poles. I had to make sure all of my gear had no cotton in it because that absorbs sweat, and then you get cold and you can get sick. So we had to have stuff that would wick the sweat away from your body. Uh, extra layers. I mean, um, we had to have uh, shades because you could, if you stare at snow, if it's snow-capped mountains, you can easily be blinded temporarily. So there's a lot of things that went into the preparation. A backpack, you, of course, you had to have your water and snacks. A lot of preparation when it came to being dressed properly. Uh, in fact, that last hike that we did, <clears throat> as we were coming down the mountain, these three girls were coming up right uh, where, the, where it turned into where the, there's a certain part. Most of it we had to just hike, but we got to near the top of the mountain, the top 1,500 feet was just all boulders. So you had to get on all four and scramble up. It's what's called scrambling. And so these girls, uh, and it was already cold, and these girls were there in tank tops and shorts. Yeah, they weren't dressed properly to scale this mountain. And any, if you miss any one of these points, you're not going to be successful. You've got to exercise in the spirit, you've got to feed yourself right, and you've got to dress right in the spirit. If, and that's the armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The first, I want to go take it piece by piece. The helmet of salvation. What does the helmet protect? <clears throat> Anyone? And what's in the cabeza? The brain. Exactly, the brain. You see, I... I I retired from the fire department in 2015 in this. One of the things we learned as EMTs and paramedics is that there's clinical death and there's cellular death. If we arrived on scene and someone was clinically dead, they had no pulse, their heart stopped beating, we could throw in an EKG, do compression, CPR. We can bring them back. But if it was cellular death, which means that they had been gone for quite some time and oxygen has not reached the brain, apart from a miracle of God, there was no bringing that person back cellular death. So when I put on the helmet of salvation, that's telling me that as long as I know that I am saved, nothing is going to kill me. You need to put on the helmet of salvation. I put it on every morning. I verbally say I put on the helmet of salvation. You guys are all right? Look at me all weird. Ephesians 6, New Testament, right? Put on the breastplate of righteousness. 
the breastplate of righteousness covers your torso, and the torso is the place where most of your organs are at, your vital organs, the heart, which pumps air and oxygen into the bloodstream. The, and so, the, the, I'm sorry, yeah, the heart pumps blood through your veins and your arteries and into your capillaries and into your cells. Your lungs pump air into the stream as well. So the heart pumps, and you breathe in the air, and it infuses oxygen into the blood. There's life in the blood, the Bible says in Leviticus. Okay? The word for air in the Hebrew and in the Greek is the same word for spirit. So when we say the Holy Spirit, it's the same thing as saying the holy air, the holy breath. You guys doing all right? All right. Liver. Liver converts nutrients in our system. Vitamins and minerals that we need in our body is converted so that we can assimilate into our system as a result of our liver. Kidneys cleanses the system. These are vital organs put on the breastplate of righteousness. By me living right, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hmm, quiet here. All right. So, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, girding our loins with truth. What does that do? It, protect, it protects your reproductive system. <clears throat> it's one thing to, it's, it's so, the reproductive system is for two reasons, for pleasure and for procreation, which speaks of what? Intimacy with God and reproducing other sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> we need the belt of truth, not the belt of facts, but the belt of truth. Facts may be, your marriage may be on the rocks, but the truth is, with Christ, you're going to stand and you guys are going to be healed. The facts may be that the doctor's report says this and that, but whose report are you going to believe? Jesus is the truth. Truth supersedes facts because truth isn't something, a substance. Truth is a person. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Gird your loins with truth so that I can be intimate with God. I can experience the pleasure of intimacy with him, which is the reason why I was born. And secondarily, to produce the kingdom of God and expand the kingdom. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Above all doesn't mean more important. It meant that it was so long it can cover your whole body. And it quenches some of the fiery darts of the enemy. Oh, we got some people that have read that. To quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. So faith is important. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.24, it says, by faith you stand. You can't even stand without faith. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.7 that we walk by faith. You can't stand in, in the spirit. You can't walk in the spirit without faith. In fact, Hebrews 10.38 says the just shall live by faith. So you're not living by just coming to church. We come to church to celebrate the faith that we've already been walking and living with and standing with with God. All of that is defensive, but the one thing that was given to us that was offensive is taking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, I got some news for you. You guys know I'm a word guy, but it's not logos. The word there is rhema. Taking up the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema of God. So Logos is the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. Logos is Jesus Christ manifested in the flesh. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. 
Jesus is the Logos. There's no adding and there's no taking away from the Logos. But the rhema is a specific word to you. Now, in balance here, God is, the Spirit's never going to give you rhema that contradicts the Logos. Right? So you got all these people, you know, with Jim Jones back in Guyana, come drink this Kool-Aid. Nah, nah, I don't think so, buddy. Thou shalt not murder. That's a big verse you missed. So, you know, if you know the word, you're not going to follow into cults. But if you don't know, you're going to be easily led astray. But taking up the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema of God. If I have not heard from the Lord, I have no business fighting. Everybody wants to just go and just ransack the kingdom of darkness. Yeah, if you have a sword of the spirit, sure. And by all means, God has spoken to me. This is where we're going to destroy. I'm going to take care of that. Man, it's quiet in here. If we're, going to, if we're going to conquer these mountains for which every single one of you are called to, you need to be fit, you need to be fed, and you need to be clothed properly. Amen? Let me tell you something. Revelation 11.15 says, Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world shall have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. No matter how dark these seven mountains are, because the church has been in, in, uh, behind the eight ball. We haven't been on the forefront. But if we start declaring this now, if we start edifying you now, if we start equipping you now, then this verse is going to be fulfilled. Those kingdoms of the world are the seven mountains that we have to conquer. But we've only focused on one kingdom, and that's the kingdom of the church. And so the family has gone to hell. Education system has gone to hell. The government has gone to hell. The media has gone to hell. Arts and entertainment has gone to hell. Businesses have gone to hell. People are just lack integrity in business. But the Bible says that the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our Lord. He will reign and will be victorious. No matter how bleak things are, God has called you, and what he has begun, he will fulfill. Yes. Amen. Micah 4, 6 and 7 says, In that day, says the Lord, I will assemble the lame, and I will gather the outcast, and those whom I have afflicted, and I will make the lame a remnant. Right now, we're the remnant. But he says, I will make the lame a remnant, and the outcast a strong nation. So the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from now on, forevermore. I want you to stand with me. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.